The Ride Home Rants podcast is brought to you by Reaper Apparel Company. Reaper Apparel offers a casual line of superb fit, finish, and comfort. We design for those who refuse to die slowly and choose to live untamed. For those who aren't afraid to face the dark, for the ones that thrive in it, and for those who can appreciate life through a grim lens. That's Reaper Apparel Company. Go to the link in the description of this episode, use the promo code Mike Bono, and get 10% off. Also, the Ride Home Rants podcast is brought to you by my own personal merch store, the Stupid Should Hurt merch store. I have hats, I have t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, water bottles, notebooks, you name it, I've got it. The description and the link for that will be in the description of this episode. Also, right now, if you use the promo code WELCOME, I will give you 5% off of your first purchase. That's the Stupid Should Hurt merch store. Also, the Rod Home Rants podcast is brought to you by Tactical Brotherhood. All-American-made apparel, which helps support the Second Amendment. You can also find all this in the description of this episode with the link, Tactical Brotherhood. Part of every proceed does go to helping veterans, as it is a very good cause. All American-made products made right here in Minnesota. Go and check them out. Use the promo code PATRIOT15 to get 15% off your purchase. Now, let's start the show. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Ride Home Rants podcast. This is, as always, your host, Mike Bono. I got a great guest for us today. However, I got to tell you, the Ride Home Rants podcast is brought to you by Steve Sabo and his three books. That is Jester's Gone, How to Fail at Stand-Up Comedy, and Kayla's Gone. You can find all three of these on his website, stevesabo.com. Or on Amazon. If you just type in the promo code Ride Home Rants, you will get free shipping on all three of these books. Again, that's Jester's Run, How to Fail at Stand Up Comedy, and Kayla's Gone. I have read How to Fail at Stand Up Comedy from cover to cover. It's a great book. I'm halfway through Jester's Run, and this is coming from somebody who doesn't like to read that often. So, that being said, pick up these books today, stevesabo.com. All right, now that that's out of the way, I got a great guest for us today. He is a coach at East Lake North, I believe, uh, correct? He's also a fellow podcaster. My, uh, Oh, my God. If I could talk today, that'd be great. He's a fellow podcaster as well. George Gresco joins the show. George, thanks for being on, man. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for reaching out, and uh, thanks to Nick Tomba for kind of hooking us up, so I appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, so let's jump, dive right into it. You know, you, you know, uh, former guest of the show, Nick Tamba. Um, also, he was one of your coaches. So, so what was that like uh, being coached by Tamba? You know, actually, Tamba was on the defensive side of the ball. So I was quarterback. So he was the defense coordinator at East Lake North. So it was kind of fun because we had such a good relationship because I was playing quarterback. So I'd be throwing all the ball all around the yard and he would be pissed at me. So, you know, so we had that relationship of offensive player to defensive coach. But as of today, we still are in uh, uh really good friends now. And uh, we kind of hang out here and there. And, um, but he's just a great guy in my life and a great mentor in the coaching world. So 
thanks to Nick Tomba for hooking this show up and uh, having me on the show. Absolutely. So uh, you also played ball at Eastlake North. I mean, you were the quarterback there. So take me through a little bit of your time playing quarterback for Eastlake. Yeah, so my freshman year, I had the opportunity that they asked me as a freshman to start. As a 14-year-old kid, I'm like, holy cow, I'm going to be playing against 19-year-old seniors, you know. And uh, so I had the opportunity to start as a freshman. I started all four years. But we had, um, you know, we had some really good uh, statistics along the way. Uh, I threw for 80 touchdowns, over 10,000 yards, and uh yeah, me and, uh, you know, Mitch Trubisky, he's uh, over at Mentor High School. He was a year behind me that graduated. So it was kind of fun putting up these numbers my senior year and him putting up numbers his junior year. So, yeah, it was a great time. And, um, you know, I I owe it all to East Lake North. That's kind of what, what led me into the coaching direction. So, yeah, I mean, I, I've always said I wanted to, you know, would love to get into coaching. I just wish I had the time for it. being a stand-up <laughs> comic. I'm on the road all whole yeah, oh, yeah. lot. Uh, but I always say, since you're a quarterback, you'll appreciate this. Um, I've always said, if I ever wanted to go and play somewhere now, I, I have the best quarterback stats ever. <laughs> uh, I got to throw one pass ever because <laughs> I was a receiver. It was a receiver reverse pass. I am one for one for 75 yards and a touchdown. I'm just <laughs> saying I'm a hundred percent. I got a great touchdown interception ratio. Like, not, <laughs> I, I make that joke all the time. People they normally get it, but you know, I'm glad I got somebody who's actually a quarterback and can understand <laughs> and appreciate the joke. That <laughs> funny. That just yeah, greatest stats ever as a quarterback. <laughs> one for one, seventy five yards and a touchdown. You can't beat it. No. So, uh, after ball, you actually got recruited uh, pretty hard, it, it seems like, and you picked John Carroll University. So what was the recruiting process like, and, you know, why John Carroll? You know, it, it was a tough decision at the time. You know, I was dating a girl that was one year behind me, so that, that kind of led me to John Carroll. But um, um, I was highly recruited to be actually a walk-on at some of the bigger Division One schools. Cincinnati uh, recruited me, uh, Akron, Kent. Um, but, you know, I wasn't the 6'4 prototype quarterback. I was a 6'1", maybe six foot soaking wet, you know, and um, weighed 185 coming out of high school. So, you know, I was like, you know, do I want to play right away or do I want to sit? And so I kind of went the John Carroll route and it was close to home. So it was only about 20 minutes from my house. So it was kind of nice. And I was, you know, I'm close with my family. So it was nice to have them being able to come to games whenever that was going to happen. And, you know, it was, it was nice being close to home, you know, I mean, that's kind of the ultimate decision is why it led me to John Carroll. And I was dating a girl at the time. So, you know, you're young and, that's what you do. You hang around the girls. <laughs> Absolutely. So girls made the, the the decision. Nothing to do with the coaches. No recruiting hard. They're, they're, they're just well, all, you know, all the girls. Yeah. You know, and I was a quarterback. So Tom Arth at the time was actually the offensive coordinator. Tom Arth actually um, backed up Peyton Manning uh, early on in uh, Indianapolis. So I kind of really liked him. And then he actually took over as the head coach uh, my second year there. And um, now he, he was at Akron. Now he's actually coaching with the Chargers now. <laughs> yeah, Staley Staley was our defense coordinator at John Carroll's. And that, now he's the head coach for the Chargers. So it's kind of – the coaching tree is just kind of funny world. Yeah. And so, you know, 
That's awesome. You know, definitely, you know, being able to be coached by somebody who played behind, you know what, I'm going to say it, the GOAT at quarterback. I mean, I know Tom Brady's up there, but I, I still say that Manning surpasses him. I mean, I'm going to catch a lot of flack for this. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree to disagree with that because Tom Brady, I'm a Michigan fan, so I'll, I'll put that out there too. So I'm a Michigan fan, huge Tom Brady fan. But actually, my boy Favre in the background. You can I can see, see that. I was just saying, we're going to talk about that here in a yeah. second because I'm a huge Brett Favre fan. Um, it, the funny thing is, uh, I'm a Buccaneers fan. Okay. And, and you know, I I rather have Brady playing for my team than against my team. I don't discount that he's a great quarterback. I think Manning's intelligence is just a little bit better, being able to make all those audibles and everything like that at the line. So impressive to me to be able to do that and to be able to read a defense the way that he can. And that's kind of, you know, I'm a, I'm a Peyton Manning fan. And if my wife was here, she'd be cheering because she's a Colts fan. So that's, <laughs> that's that, that NFL Sunday gets really in, intense in my house. So you know, the Buccaneers and Colts fan living under the same roof. So it's, it's, it gets pretty intense here. So you've coached for, a, a couple different teams. Take me through kind of your coaching carousel, how you landed where you're at. So I started off as a middle school coach at one of the middle schools that were attached to my high school. So I started off at Willowick Middle School back in 2013, I believe my first year was. And then, you know, I actually was headed to one school to sign a contract and a bigger school called me as I'm on the way there. And that was Kenston High School. So I passed that school that I was going to sign a contract at. I went right to Kenston and I signed there and I was there from uh, 2013 to 2018. Um, so I was there for a whole transition of a team. We, the new head coach got hired and um, yeah, I was there for from 2013 to 2018. And it was kind of cool to see because we, we, we built the program. The head coach did a great job. The, our staff was amazing over there. and. Um, yeah, we we built the program and uh, we went from two and eight one season to eight and two, and then in the next season we won a state title. So it was it was pretty cool to see the kids from you know middle school ball come up through and then win the state title because we knew we were gonna be pretty good, but you know to win a state title is very difficult, especially in Ohio. I mean Ohio's you know the mecca of high school football, so. It was um it was pretty cool to do. And then after that 2018 season of winning a state title, I was fortunate enough to land a head coaching job over at Middlefield Cardinal High School. And um, it didn't work out after my uh, second year. So uh, I am at Cleveland Heights High School now as their quarterbacks coach. Um, one of my offense coordinators from Eastlake North is now um, – the offense coordinator at Cleveland Heights. He's like, George, you know, come coach quarterbacks with me. So that's how I kind of landed over there. Perfect. Awesome. It, it's great to hear, you know, uh, coaching through the, through the ranks and, you know, being a head coach, what is your favorite, obviously head coach is obviously the Mecca where everyone wants to be, but if you had to pick, whether that be offensive coordinator, QB coach, head coach, what is your favorite type of coaching being the head coach or position coach? Um, the position coach is a lot different because you get to be more of like a friend, older brother to players. 
Now you're the head coach. You are the grumpy stepdad that tells everybody to do, and they're, they're going to be pissed off at you. But but being a head coach is so cool because you get to do it your way, and um, you get to teach things that any just the way you want to do them. And um, it's pretty cool at the end of the day to see everything work out and you win these games. And you're like, maybe we are doing what needs to be done here. So being a head coach is ultimately what any coach I believe wants to. If they tell you otherwise, I think they're lying. But, um, yeah, head coach is where it's at. Yeah, I, I got a little taste of, of coaching this past summer. I'm a former swimmer, uh, too, as well. I got to uh, help assistant coach a summer league and help start a program at the Y here in Zanesville. And I got to tell you, being the assistant coach, to me personally, was a little bit more fun for me because the head coach handed me the workout and I just started putting people through it. And I was kind of that go-to when the head coach would piss off the swimmers for putting them in an event that they didn't want to swim. It's not like, you know, football where it's like, why am I, why is this guy starting over me? But it's like, ah, I really don't want to swim this 200 freestyle right now. It's like, you're gonna, I mean, unfortunately I hate to break the news to you, but you're in it. So uh, another thing that I want to mention too is, I have a lot more time as an assistant coach than I did as a head coach. Last year was so weird. I'd get home. I'm like, it's only five o'clock. I wouldn't get home till nine as a head coach. It's just the way it was. Yeah. Time is another big one. Yeah. I got to tell you, I would go from the assistant coach uh, in the morning was when we had practice and then basically drive straight from there, change my shirt in the car and go into the Y and be the head coach there for the team there, running conditionings, recruiting, trying to get, you know, suits and sponsors and, you know, all this other stuff for the program. And then my wife would end up calling me and be like, hey, it's like 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night. Are we going to see you today or is it just kind of we'll see you tomorrow? I was like, oh, gee, I didn't even realize. Uh, yeah, I'll be home in a minute. Like, I'm just – Luckily, I was only like two minutes from my house, but still, it was like, holy crap! It's it's it's, it's bedtime for most people. Like, <laughs> I, I should be asleep by now, and here I'm still at the office, you know. And I, I didn't even realize time was flying, so I definitely get that, you know. Head coaching and is just just wasn't quite there. The the budget wasn't quite there, so they had to shut the program down, which was unfortunate because I was really looking forward to it. Uh, but it is what it is. So. Um, take me through a little bit though, with, you know, being the head coach at Kingston and winning that title in 2018. So take me through that season. What was the ups, the downs? How did you feel, you know, finally reaching what everyone is looking for at high school sports and that's that state championship. Yeah. So I was actually the quarterbacks coach at Kenton, not the head coach. Oh, so, that's great. Yep. So I, yeah. I coached quarterbacks there and uh, you know, it was pretty cool because the quarterback that we had, his name's Johnny Tomkovsik. He's actually, it's pretty cool. He's actually at John Carroll now. So I'm hoping to see a few games of him play, but you know, it was so cool seeing the kids that I knew as seventh graders work their tails off from seventh grade all the way up to seniors. And then win that state title, it was super cool because these kids worked so hard and we had such a great, you know, four classes in a row that contributed. We had a freshman playing tight end that he's actually going to be at Indiana. I think he's already down there right now, but um, he was a freshman at the time and Branson Stanley, we had, we just had such a great supporting 
you know, from all the way from coaches to administration to fans to the parents, every it was alignment and it, everything worked out right at the same time. And, you know, we made a run in the playoffs and, you know, we won a state title and it was, it was truly so special. And like on Easter, I got a call from a few of the players from that team, just stuff like that. And actually I do want to mention there was one player on that 2018 team that did pass away. I actually have his Jersey right behind me, the 75 Jersey. His name is Mitchell Soterra. And uh, he passed away last summer and uh, actually a tragic house fire. So I just want to mess- mention that. And, uh, uh, rest in peace, Mitch. And um, so, yeah, it's, but, and I have my state title ring and all my newspapers from Kenson right behind me. So it, it was a cool moment in my life. And it's a thing that every coach wants to reach and some coaches never reach that. So for me to reach it at such a young point, in my career is, was so, you know, rewarding and um, I'm itching to get back to that game now. So it's, it's something to give me something to work at. Okay, so how often do you break out that championship ring and just kind of look at it for motivation? I'm going to go there. Do you, do you, do you, well, you know, it's fun. It on display? Do you, do you maybe rub it for luck every now and again? What, what? I, I don't wear it very often, but when I did get my first head coaching job at Cardinal, I did wear it to school like the first two weeks, just to let kind of people know. <laughs> um, but other than that, I really don't wear it unless there's something going on for Kenston, you know. But other than that, it stays right up here in my my state title whistle and newspaper clippings and stuff like that. So because <laughs> right. I, I gotta tell you, if I had a state championship yeah. ring, I'd be ogling that thing probably every day. Uh I I was talking about this on in the last show in that, you know, I was a regional champion for swimming uh, back in high school. And it's still surreal to me to go back to my high school for anything. My nephews are there now. So, you know, being able to go back and catch a game when I can and then walking through and looking up and seeing my name on a state championship banner or regional uh, champion banner. That's all I got is I have to go back and look at it. But it's still like one of those like that. Hey, that's my name right there. Like I, I did that. But you can't take that down and take that away from me. And you know, it's it's something that sticks with me. I, I didn't quite make it to districts, but you know, I got that regional <laughs> regional championship, and that was that was something that was cool. And actually, earned me a scholarship to swim at Bethany College. You know what I mean? So, well, yeah. you know, you know, it's really weird. You mentioned Bethany College. That's actually where Mitchell Sotero played college football at. The kid I just told you that passed away. He played at Bethany. What? When? When was he there? What year? Uh, he. Hmm, that's a great question. I'm not exactly sure. So he graduated 2018. So he'd been there 2018 to 2021 when he passed. Okay. Um, yeah, he I don't think he graduated. I'm not positive. Because, I mean, I was there from 2007 to 2012, and I was actually um, the sports director, too. So I got to announce every football game. That's why I was like, wait a minute. Did he, was he there any any years when I would, I would have been able to announce? Because I, that, that, the name just kind of sounds familiar to me, and I don't know why. Um, but neither here nor there. Um, so we'll take a little bit of break from sports here for a little bit. But you are also a fellow podcaster yourself, so... What's your show? Tell everyone about it and let, let's get talking about this. Yeah. So in when COVID kind of hit, you know, I was trying to think of something to do other than play golf. I mean, golf was the only thing that I was doing at the time. So I'm like, you know, let's 
tried figuring something out. So, and you know, I didn't end up doing it during COVID. I waited another year or two, just trying to figure everything out. And I was like, you know, I want to start a podcast. What, how do I want to start it? So I'm like, you know, I want to do something with sports, something with coaches. And so I started the coaches approach podcast. Uh, You can find us at coachesapproach.com. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and our YouTube channel. Um, But, you know, I, I have coaches on my show and, you know, a lot of the time you hear about, you know, the X's and O's side of things and all their interviews of what positions we're going to play here. But I want to hear kind of the backstories of the coaches that come on my shows. How do they get to where they're at? Um, what kind of pressures have they faced throughout their career? Stuff like that. You know, it's a kind of like the inside track of the high school coaching world. And, you know, this this past season I moved into college uh, and basketball and football. So we're doing all kinds of sports. So, but I, I want to hear just like the background story of how the coaches got to where they're at, you know, what hardships that they have faced, uh, what motivates them, things like that. So that's kind of why I started the podcast. So you're kind of just pulling back those layers for the coaches, kind of getting getting that onion layer out there, that that rough exterior off and getting really down to the to the nitty gritty and what got them into coaching. Yep. Uh, you know what? I You might be able to, to tell me this, just you probably talked to a lot more coaches than I have, but um I I always feel like the best coaches weren't the best players when they played. Like, have you seen a correlation with that? You know, like a a backup or somebody like along those lines that really got to sit and study the game. It becomes a better coach or that star athlete that turns coach. What what have you seen? Yeah, you know, I've seen actually both ends of things. So I've seen you know a not so great player as a freshman. Uh, be a starter their senior year, and you would never thought they were going to start a game in their life. But the, it was one a player that I went to high school with, Mitch Bartholomew. He was one of my best friends growing up, and he was a freshman. I was like, this guy's never going to start. He eventually starts as a senior, and he played lights out, and he uh, put the time in. And coaching wise, you know, I've myself is one of them. You know, I worked my tail off for many years over at Kenston, did all the the film work, the film breakdowns, the playbooks. I did all the, the work that a coach necessarily doesn't want to do. And then, you know, I finally earned my head coaching job, but it happens all the time. Guys that work the hardest, you know, get to where they want to go. And I truly believe that. We'll be back after a quick break. Big labia energy. What if I eat a little cheese every day? <laughs> Just keep it. It's like I have a tolerance. Yeah, for cheese. Good Same job with cats. Up your tolerance. Like if I pet a cat every day for the first week or two. I thought you were going to say if I eat a cat a little bit every day, <laughs> starting at the tail I mean, and just ate a little bit, then I'd be fine. But if I didn't eat a cat for three months. I would totally start at the face. Why yeah. would you start at the tail? If someone put a gun to my head and said, eat this cat. I'm trying to think of we're an acceptable scenario. About a feline, right? <laughs> oh, did you think I was talking about pussy? Maybe. It could go there. I don't want to eat a cat. I want to eat a pussy. <laughs> I've always said I'd make a way better coach than I would than I did a player. I was like the fifth or sixth string wide receiver that we had. And, you know, I'm they had a couple special plays for me just because back in high school, you know, that was in the early 2000s. I was six foot five. There wasn't a lot of 
guys from West Virginia that were over five nine. So, you know, I was kind of that red zone threat type of we're just gonna throw it up and hope to God Bono comes down with it. You know what I mean? Type type of oh, deal. Yeah. But but you know, I I I got my chances to play, but you know, I think, you know, from being able to sit and stand on the sidelines and really watch how the game breaks down, I think I I always said, I think I'd make a better coach than I would. I just wish I had the time to really get into it, you know, at 33 years, you know, chasing a dream to be a stand-up comic is is very time-consuming and a lot of travel. I really wish I had more time. But we have similar stories, though, because I started this podcast in 2020, December 8th, 2020, during the pandemic, because – Comedy shows were shut down. There was no work to be had. I couldn't travel. I couldn't go out. I had to do something because I was going stir crazy sitting in my house after, you know, being on the road every weekend. You know, (laughs) now it's all right. What do I do? This is uncharted territory for me, but had to pick up a day job. And I really realized how much I didn't miss having a day job, you know, and just driving home from it every day was how this show started. It was me complaining about my day. <laughs> and I just, hence the name Ride Home Rants. And that's just where we uh, came from. It was just me, my iPhone in my truck. I put it up on a mount. I had a half hour drive home. So here we go. Where you guys are going to listen to about my day. And, you know, luckily, uh, Found a, a good manager in Johnny Fitty Falcone. Um, I've, I've known Fitty for years. We went to college together. We both uh, went to Bethany. And um, he decided to jump on and help out. And he has been absolutely phenomenal. So that being said, with your show, how do you go about finding your guests for your show? Is it just you know knowing the coaching carousel? Or do you have somebody helping you out? Or how's that going? Yeah, so the, the first season, so I'm in season two now, but the first season I kind of contacted some of the um, big-name coaches in my area that I kind of targeted that I would kind of feel comfortable in case something did go wrong. I could say, oh, we're going to pause here and we're going to restart that segment. So I just, you know, it was just coaches in our area at the start. But then I finally figured it out through uh, season one. So now we're in season two. So I actually posted on Twitter and I followed a bunch of coaches. They followed me back and I posted on Twitter and I said, if you'd like to come on the show, please send me a DM. And, you know, which might have been a mistake because I had like 200 coaches message me. So now I'm picking and choosing, and which is pretty cool, though, because I've had coaches from out of state, New Jersey. I had a guy from California and Florida now. So it's kind of pretty cool. So it's, you know, I'm getting coaches from all over that I necessarily don't know. And I, no one would probably know their story on this side of the town. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. And just shows the power of social media. You know, you make one tweet and you had a kind of a good problem to have too many people that wanted to be on the show. (laughs) It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's something sometimes that uh, Fiddy and I run into. It's like, all right, we have, how many people lined up to be on the show and we're we're booked till june it's it's yeah. it's january what are we talking about here like we're that far like he's just on it and you know he social media has been the biggest thing for me now did you make your own like just twitter for the show or are you using your own personal twitter and social media for the show oh, yeah i have my own twitter uh at coaches approach coaches with one s not es <laughs> so okay. coaches approach and then the coaches approach on instagram and then i have our um 
new uh, web page that we just launched uh, two weeks ago, thecoachesapproach.com. That has everything on there, Twitter, social media. So if I'm going to send anyone there, it's thecoachesapproach.com. Pretty simple. It has all of our shows on there, uh, our story about kind of how I got my start. Um, but it's everything's on there, so that's where I would send them. Cool. Now, have you uh, ventured out into any other plat? Like, what platforms are? You? Is it just on your website and YouTube, or do you are you on any other platforms like Apple, Google, Spot, anything, anything like that? So we're on Anchor and Spotify, which anchors from Spotify. So that's where we record or send our audio to, and then we have our YouTube channel, and then on um, our um, website. Awesome. That I love talking to other podcasters because they get it. You know, I, I tried Anchor for, for a little while. And, you know, I went to end up going to Buzzsprout um, because it just absolutely just blasts it everywhere. I mean, it makes sure. it easy for me to to upload this once and then know it's going to be on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeartRate. Like, and it's just it's I feel like if we would have started this like five, six years ago, we'd be banging our heads against the wall trying to make this work to get on all these other platforms. But yeah. I, do you feel that it's easier to be a podcaster now? And then, and do you think there's becoming too many podcasts now because of the pandemic? Um, That's a great question. I think there are more podcasts, but some of the podcasts that are coming out, I'm like, what are they talking about? Like I'll start, so I just click on random podcasts. I'm like, they're so off topic. So then they have so many topics. So I get like lost in the shuffle. So uh, then, you know, some, some good shows, you know, really narrow it down what they're going to talk about. So I, I listen to quite a few, but there are a ton out there and that's probably due to the pandemic and people losing their minds, you know, watching, um, Tiger King. <laughs> oh my God. My wife is so into that show and I just couldn't do it. Uh, not gonna lie, I watched every episode. <laughs> I tried. I, I really gave it the old college try, but then uh, I guess I was like, why are we watching this? Like, what are we doing with our lives right now? Like, I just, it, yeah, it's so I crazy, get it. You it's know? crazy that things like Tiger King actually happens. <laughs> but it, uh, I got to tell you, we got into a lot of just finding old DVD series that we had. Like, we found Criminal Minds, like, that, that, the show and i gotta tell you we binge watched like seven seasons in like four days and it made me the most paranoid person like on the planet and like i was waiting to pick my son up from football practice and normally i'd just sit on my phone and my truck and just wait for him to come out not this day i was like looking around like all right people are walking by me like is this where it ends for me like Shows like that can take you down oh, the worst rabbit hole ever because it did for me. And it was, yeah. it just made me so paranoid. I can't watch the show anymore because now it's, it's such a fascinating show. I just can't do it. Yeah. And there, there was, there were shows I was watching. I'm like, I don't even know what I'm watching. I'm like, what, why am I watching this? I'm just binge watching it, you know? <laughs> Something to do. <laughs> All right. So I, I got to know. Okay. Before we get into this last segment here. I see you're a huge Brett Favre fan. I see the, yep. the package jersey, and I think that is that a Minnesota one behind you? Is that yeah, I, have, I have the Minnesota one? I have his Jets one on this side of the room. Okay, <laughs> I was I don't see the Jets. That's the- I have I have them all. I have them all. This worn, you know, real stitched jerseys. So I have them all over here. Why? Why Brett Favre? Why? Why is he kind of the you know pinnacle of the room there? 
you know, so that was my guy growing up. It was far first than Tom Brady. And, you know, it was his leadership and just the way he played the game. He was so intense. He was so different. And, you know, he reminds me just, and a lot of people might hate me for saying this. I'm a huge Baker Mayfield fan. And some people, you know, right now just don't like him, but he plays the game with this attitude and grit. And it was just like kind of how I played the game. And so I really looked up to him. And I'll admit to this, I cried when he he threw that interception against uh, the New Orleans Saints. I think it was 2008. Man, I was devastated. I I was still living at home and I'm like crying. I'm like, I just want you to win that last Super Bowl and go out, you know, be happy and retire afterwards. And it didn't happen that way. But yeah, huge Brett Favre fan. All right. Yeah. I mean, I've quick little story about Brett Favre. I mean, I'm a fan too, but it was like right after I had my wisdom teeth out, I was just all hopped up on pain meds and everything like that. And a bunch of my buddies came over to kind of cheer me up a little bit and, and, and make me feel a little bit better and give me somebody to just listen to. Cause I really couldn't talk that well. And Somehow it never fails every time we got on the topic of sports, all of us. And for whatever reason, I just remember rolling over and looking at him because they were talking about Brett Favre. And I looked at I was like, hey, you can cut off both his arms, both his legs. He'd still be the best torso in football. And I just rolled back over and like laid back down. Like I didn't just say the most off the wall thing. And they're like, that's the pain meds talking. Just let him go. Struck like a nerve. <laughs> I don't know, but you're right. He did, he did have that that grit to him, and you know I loved watching him play. Um, and you know I, I I wish there were more players like him. Absolutely. So we do got to get this segment in because we are running down near the end of the show, and I know Fitty will kill me if I if I miss this segment. It is the Fast Fitty Five Five Random Questions from the wonderful manager of the podcast, Johnny Fitty Falcone. These are kind of rapid fire, but you can elaborate. And I got to tell you, I didn't get these days ago. He sent them to <laughs> me like an hour ago. I haven't really had a minute to read these or anything. So this is going to be interesting for both of us here. All right. All right. So if you're ready, let's get. Oh, wow. Uh, I already know the answer to question number one, but here we go. Um, after Tom Brady, who is the next best QB of all time? By far, man. <laughs> That's my boy. All right. Question number two. Are are candles overrated or underrated? Underrated. Underrated. Big big candle guy. Big candle guy. Okay. All right. (laughs) Uh, Are bicycles overrated or underrated? You said bicycles? Bicycles. Underrated. Under. under, Okay. Uh, Best place for ice cream is? Ooh. That's a tough one. Uh, I'll have to go with my hometown. There's C- it's called CP's Creamery. It's delicious. Okay. Is Lowe's or Home Depot better? Lowe's. Lowe's. All right. <laughs> he gave you the easiest questions I have ever had to read, and other than knowing the first answer before he even read it because we were just talking about it. But, oh, if you've listened to the show, you've heard some doozies with these questions. I mean, and – I, a couple of weeks ago, I had to ask, you know, former Bethany uh, coach Bill Garvey, you know, like, hey, um, you, Conor McGregor, and somebody else are locked in a racquetball court with an inch of water on the ground and a grizzly bear. 
You have uh, boxing gloves, a flare with one flare, uh, a pogo stick, and something else. How long do you survive? Like, that's some of the questions. <laughs> I think he's trying to make me laugh, like, during this. Like, if I can make a comic laugh, I know I have, I've, done, I've done well. Um, but, yeah, so that was the Fast 55. And I got to tell you, man, that, that he gave you all change-ups right down the middle of the plate. Those were easy ones to just take yard on that one. But, all right. So, since we're running down near the end of the episode, I give every guest this opportunity there, George. So, I'm going to give you the floor for a minute. Anything you want to get out there, any messages, talk about your podcast, anything you need to promote, floor is yours, my man. Sure. No, once again, I want to thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. Again, Nick Tombo, you know, coaches dry rubble, throw it out there, free little blurb for him. He actually sponsored my podcast too, but um, yeah, thanks to you guys for having me on. And yeah, if anyone wants to check out the coach's approach uh, podcast, go hit us up on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, and our um, website, thecoachesapproach.com. You can find everything you need to know there, but yeah, once again, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Not a problem, man. It's always great to talk to former coaches and we're not a four-year still coach, but you know, I know, I know podcasters and everything like that. This was a great time. And it definitely, uh, I got to tell you, I'm, I haven't been looking at you the whole time. I've been looking at that far of Jersey the whole time, uh, just because it's it, <laughs> but no, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the ride home Rants podcast. I want to thank my guest, George Gresco for joining us once again. As always, if you like the show, be a friend, tell a friend. If you didn't, tell them anyways. They might like it just because you didn't. That's going to do it for me, and I will see y'all next week. The Ride Home Rants podcast is brought to you by Dubby Energy. Energy drinks made for gamers, streamers, and podcasters alike. For gamers, streamers, and podcasters alike. Go to the link in the description where you can find the best energy drinks out there. Less caffeine than a cup of coffee. Also, no jitters and no crash afterwards. Use the promo code Mike Bono and get yourself 10% off. Also, the Ride Home Rants podcast is brought to you by my favorite sponsor of the show, and that is Shankit Golf. Golf apparel made for the everyday golfer. We might not go out and shoot a six under par. We're probably going to shoot a six over par. But this is going to give us the gear that's going to help us rock it on and off of the course. Go to the link in the bio. Use the promo code Mike Bono and get yourself 10% off there as well.